On today's episode of Locked On 76ers, Keith and I get into Joel Embiid's latest comments as he speaks to Maverick Carter, explaining some things about the season and ongoing and the future with the 76ers of just wanting to win a championship. What does it all mean? We'll break it down next right here, Locked On 76ers. You are Locked On 76ers, your daily Philadelphia 76ers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. First time users can receive 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with the promo code LOCKED ON. That's prizepicks.com, promo code locked on. What's up, D? What's up, Keith? What's going on, man? Not a not a daggone thing. Well, a lot going on <laughs> with the Sixers. Seems to be. Uh, never, never a dull moment. Never a dull moment. Nah, nah. In the world of the 76ers. Well, listen, we got to thank everybody for making Locked On 76ers your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts and right here on YouTube, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Keith, uh, we'll get into Joel Embiid and uh, some comments as he sat down again with Maverick Carter. Uh, They were sitting on stage at at, at a film festival, it seemed. And uh, with it, Joel Embiid was talking about his new joint venture of starting his own production company. And by doing so, he mentioned some things that really has Sixer fans in the NBA world talking. We'll get into that. We'll also talk about the offseason in general and uh, just looking at this offseason as a whole. A disappointment or something that you basically really expected from this offseason from your Philadelphia 76ers. And later on, we'll talk about the latest signing as they finally ink Philippe Petrusev. I think I say it correctly. Is that right? Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, signing finally with the Philadelphia 76ers. So we'll do that, uh, get all of that in. But Keith, we, we do have to start with the Joel Embiid piece. And uh, it's been much talked about over the course of this Monday as this really emerged as a, a conversation piece in regards to what the big fella had to say. So basically, Joel Embiid uh, had to say uh, that he wanted to win a championship and whether it's the quote that really got everybody is whether it's in Philadelphia or somewhere else. And then he continued to talk and he went on and discussed a little bit more of how you can't do it with just one, two or three. You need everybody involved. And sometimes these are things that really get him in trouble. He may mean well. He may not be trying to call anybody out. He may be saying a certain thing. Uh, but, hey, man, he did it. We're talking about it. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I, I, want, I want to read the first quote first, right? Okay. And then he says, I just want to win a championship, whatever it takes. I don't know where that's going to be, whether it's Philly or anywhere else. I just want to have a chance to accomplish that. I want to see what it feels like to win that first one then think about the next one. And then, you know, he went on, you know what, you know, to me, when I, when I read this or when I listened to it, um, I was like, wow, it finally took him this long to say that. 
And and the reason why I'm saying this is, and this, yeah, please explain. This, I want to hear this. Yeah. I mean, and, well, the reason why I'm saying this is because, you know, when you look at the 76ers and you look at during his tenure and you look at all the different players that he played with, we talked about how, you know, right now you look at Joel Embiid, you look at Nikola Jokic, you look at Giannis Antetokounmpo. Those are the three top players you can argue in the league at this particular time, talking about age and all that. Both Joel Embiid, yes, he got his first MVP. Those other two guys have two MVPs. Those other two guys have won championships. And you look at it, and there's been a lot of continuity with their team. Is a reason why the New York Knicks are stashing all these first-round draft picks and hoping the reason is they're hoping and praying that Joel and B gets fed up and ask for a trade, right? So with all that being said, we talk about the James Harden situation where, you know, James wants to be out. We talk about the Tobias Harris situation where he's always being brought up in trade talks. It's going to come a time where Joel Embiid is saying, look, I've been here a long time, and it's the same old, same old. Regardless if you think that he part of the problem or not, there are going to be some people who think that. He's looking at it like, I want to win a championship. I want to win a title. And believe me, I was waiting for a day that something like this would come out. I mean, is, I was. Is this more? Is this more organizational? Or is this more coaching, roster construction, all of that? When you and I'm saying when you say that, not Joel Embiid, because we don't know uh, where he is, how he feels, and all that stuff. But when you say waiting for something like this to happen, where he's just fed up and like, all right, enough is enough, and voices this publicly, is it because of that where he just feels like he hasn't had the necessary pieces around him? In your, in your opinion. I mean, I, I think it has a lot to do with continuity, like, or the direction of what, what are we doing here? Like, what are we doing here? Like, okay, think about this. Okay. There's... I'm listening. All right, continuity, uh, the fact that they've changed the roster around quite a bit uh, overall, going back to the Jimmy Butler piece and J.J. Redick leaving maybe some of the other pieces that have been around Joel Embiid over these last couple of years, then yeah, maybe, maybe those that, where you're talking about continuity is constant turnover with this roster in general. I agree. Yeah. And, and like, when you think about it, do you think about like, I'm just going to name several players that's been on, on this team with him since, since they made it to the playoffs. Right. Okay. It includes Ben Simmons, Jimmy Butler, JJ record, um, JJ Reddick, Robert Covington, Dario Saric, Markel Fultz, Marco Bellinelli, Ersan Ilovasova, Josh Richardson, Al Horford, Dwight Howard, Seth Curry, Tyrese Maxey, Tobias Harris, James Harden. Now these, and I'm not even talking about like, I'm, I'm, I'm not even talking about other players. I'm talking about, you know, I'm just naming a few. So when you look at it and we're talking about all these different guys, who were asked to contribute within these six years that I'm in the playoffs. And now you got another dude saying, yo, I want out. You know what I mean? It comes a point in time like, yo, what's going on here? Mm -hmm. So believe me, it's a reason why the Knicks 
are stockpiling things. There's a reason why the Miami Heat are like looking. Other teams are looking because there's going to come a point in time when a guy, look at Dame Lillard, happened to him too. Like, yo, we want to win. We just want to win. So, again, now he says some other things that people say throwing under the bus. I don't like the fact that, you know, he came back and on Twitter and it was making it seem like, yo, I was just trolling people. Oh, no, you are. No, you ain't trolling. Not <laughs> on that shit. Not, not, no, 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 not on that. Not on that because you basically doubled down. And when he doubled down was when Maverick said to him, oh, yeah, I can see that you're a little, you know, you're a little, uh, it could be a little frustrating at times. And then where he came back, and this is when you know he was, first of all, he wouldn't even troll on that show like that. But then he says, I like the challenge, but it can be frustrating at times because, because over and over, he said it can be frustrating at times. Hold on one second, man. Yeah, yeah. No, and, and look, it can be frustrating at times. And But, you know, it's funny because as we sit here and we talk about this and we discuss it in this way, that this is where, again, he opens himself up, though, to these types of things. You mentioned Miami and New York and maybe some other teams watching and seeing exactly where Joel Embiid might be. And they're trying to find out things from uh, from, from where they are in their cities, and they're monitoring to see if they could jump in. Uh, just so we have mentioned, Leon Rose, the president or general manager, president of basketball operations. I don't know his direct title, but he's in charge of the Knicks. And that's Joel Embiid's former agent. So that's a connection there. Uh, the Miami Heat, they're just the Miami Heat. They're always looking for a star to go uh, with them. And then you look at what Jimmy Butler is down there in Miami, the relationship, uh, the fact that those two guys together are still very, very close and often talk about uh, the things that they, their, their friendship. So, and we just, we just equate that to that they're going to probably try to link up again at some point down the line. And the only way for that to really happen is Butler's not coming back here. He would probably go to, to, to Miami and be in this case. So uh, being fed up, the part of it that that's interesting in this case and which he's going to get now, you know, the, the tweet and all of that stuff, this is going to come down on you though now, because you're speaking out and you're saying these things. And this is the second time that you've also mentioned can't do it with just two players. When he said him and James Harden, he left out Tyrese Maxey, Tobias Harris and PJ Tucker, who are also out there uh, in game six and seven. Now you say that again, it can't just be one, two, three guys. But what are, you, what are your teammates supposed to think about something like that when they also see you fall short from what you did in the regular season and how different your numbers looked in the postseason, especially in a closeout game on your home floor, which was extended to a game seven. And it basically looked like the conversation was that you quit. So that's where it's tough for him to say something like this right now. That's why he took that that tweet down or you know tried to take that away because this is now going to fall on him that this became public yeah i agree i mean i agree but you know what man it, it is what it is though like it comes a point in time like where you got it i mean i don't i don't know like I'm, I'm not big on people walking stuff back i mean because then it looks bad to me it looks worse when you said it like you said what you what you meant you know who you said it to you wanted the front office probably to hear it. You don't want the fans to get upset with you. But at the same time, your reality is your reality. Like, there's going to come a point in time that Joel Embiid is going to ask, probably ask out. 
There is. It just is. Now, could Joel Embiid, well, some people are going to say, Joel, you've been injured in all the playoffs. Yeah. Right? Joel, you've been great in the regular seasons, and your numbers have, 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 you have struggled a little bit. And when you look at most elite players, it's the opposite. Right? So he's opening himself up for all that. Yes, he is. But, but the thing is, he said it. There's talking points. There are going to be people who are going to be upset. There's going to be people who are going to attack them with that. But typically when I hear messages like that, it's kind of like you say it for a reason. It's not for the fans. It's for the front office typically to say, look, what are we doing here? And if he is correct, and he, and excuse me, he is correct about it has been no continuity whatsoever it has been and the best team and i hate to say it the best team they had was that 2019 team with Jimmy and, JJ. Butler and yeah. jj and they let that go yep. and they've been trying to catch that catch the genie in the bottle since and they just haven't and you know what yeah he he has to get better you know the one thing that i think he shouldn't have said was he shouldn't have said it takes one two three he should have left that alone but but the other stuff, like if whether it's here or elsewhere, I mean, you know, people get upset, but everyone, people want to go in. If, if you if you're a competitor, you want to be in a great situation. That's just what it is. It's up to the front office to make sure that this is a great continues to be a great situation. But he also has to do his side of it too. He one hundred percent has to do his part. And I'll say this before we get to our next uh, segment piece, because it, it blends into just the offseason in general. This is just another ugly piece about the offseason, unfortunately, but we have to talk about them in this way. I wonder from afar, and this is not talking with anybody, this is not getting any information. It's just more of when you see the names that have constantly come here from a free agency since last year after acquiring James Harden at the trade deadline and the Houston Rockets piece of it with the connection from Maury Harden and the rest of those players. I've often, often wondered how much, how much he agreed. And while he may like these players, how much he agreed that, you know, look, it's too many of these guys that you used to have that also haven't won anything. And it seems more geared towards where you've had people bring up conversations of, James Harden has Dal Morey's ear more than Joel Embiid. And I wonder if that's starting to become a problem within the conversation side of things of as a franchise player, hey, I understand these guys you're bringing in, but I think I like player X that signed elsewhere over this one that we just brought in just because you guys had a connection in another location. So. True, it could be, but here's something else, D. We got to look be honest with ourselves too. Like you look at the Sixers this off season, you look at the draft. They said they were going to try to get in and get a draft pick, right? Mm-hmm. You look at free agency, right? The main signing that they got, the big signing they got, was re-signing Paul Reed, like basically re-signing his backup center. You look at what other teams are doing. Like, and for us to sit here and think that, you know, and again, he's denying everything, but, 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 but for us to sit here and think that you're an all-star, I mean, you're an MVP, 
and you're seeing the Milwaukee Bucks get better. You're seeing the Boston Celtics get better. And you're seeing, whereas us, the only big thing that we did was re-sign Paul Reed, which is a good signing, but they that was their, I mean, that's their signature move this summer. And then you got Philip uh, Petrusa, right? Philip. Then you got these other, like, come on, bro. Like, it's kind of sort of like, can I really win a championship here? We're comparable to everybody else. Like, everyone else is making moves. And Especially with your number two seemingly wanting out. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? Your number two wants out. You know what I mean? So it, it's – uh and. I, I don't know. Like, you know, he's getting a little bit older. The time for him to win is now. You know, it's it's I, I don't know. I, I think when you when the fans I think the big prop biggest problem is fans are looking at this and they're getting upset. Like, yo, but if you look at what happens, the fans were getting upset on draft night. The fans were getting upset during the free agency periods. The fans are getting upset now because it's taken forever to trade James Harden, who the fans don't want back, right? So when you when you think of everything as a whole, then you kind of figure like, well, dang, maybe Joel's right. You, you know, that that's how I look at it. Well, let's get let's get to the offseason. Has it been a disappointment or has it not been a disappointment? We'll get into that next because this, as you just mentioned, Milwaukee, Boston, and I can even add a few other teams, and we'll do that uh next when we get back. But has this offseason so far for the 76ers been a disappointment? We'll get into that next, right here on Locked On 76ers. I want to talk to you guys about locked on 76ers, right? You know. And, and while we're talking about locked on 76ers, what I really want to talk to y'all about is prize picks, right? Now, here's the thing. I know the basketball season isn't here right now, but the thing that I wanted to give y'all just this little segment so you get a better idea of how prize picks works, right? So here's, let's just like say this is a Wednesday in the NBA. Tonight, I'm taking Luka Donis to score more than 26.5 points. LeBron James to have more than 7.5 rebounds. Kevin Durant to have less than 6.5 assists and Seth Curry to have more than 3.5 three-pointers made. You know, what you do is you pick two to six players and if they will go score more and less than their prize pick projections, you can win up to 25 times your money on any entry. There's no competing against other people. It's just you and the projections available. Prize pick offers projections on any sport that you watch this includes the NBA, NFL, MLB, NHL, PGA, college football, college men's basketball, women's college basketball, soccer, the WNBA, esports, NASCAR, tennis, MMA, boxing, disc golf, Euro basketball, cricket, and more, right? Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. They're safe and fast withdrawals. Prize Picks is currently operational in over 30 states in Canada. Canada. Download the Prize Pick app or go to prizepick.com to sign up and pay daily fantasy sports. First-time users can receive 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with the promo code locked on. 
If you deposit $100, prize pick will give you 100. If you deposit 50, prize picks will give you 50. Don't forget to enter the promo code locked on at sign up for instant deposit matchup. Do it today, people. Definitely do it today. Welcome back. Locked on 76ers here as we discuss the offseason of Philadelphia that is uh, never ending when it comes to the basketball team. We thank you for making Locked on 76ers your first listen every day. Every day is tomorrow on the show. We continue uh, with a little bit of the offseason talk in uh, a different way, a different variety tomorrow. We'll get into a little bit more here on Locked on 76ers. Now, let's get into this offseason piece, Keith, because I think I didn't have – uh, big ideas of what this offseason would look like. Uh, but what I certainly didn't think it would do was turn into James Harden wanting out, uh, the Tobias Harris piece where things went crazy with that, not signing many players, losing three of your four free agents, the three unrestricted, the one restricted coming back, being Paul Reed. This has been a bit of a disappointment. I didn't need a blockbuster. I didn't need that. But I just thought that as we talk about, to your point of speaking on kind of like your Joel Embiid, the continuity and all, that's good. But it doesn't seem good when you have Tobias Harris having to say things about who he is as a player and the same thing with his with his agent. Right. And then you have now the the Harden piece that dropped the day before free agency when he had to decide to opt in or out James Harden. And he opts in, surprising us all but with a, the idea of a trade request behind it. Now you get this MB piece, mentioning the losing of the three free agents. Nice pickups, pickups, Beverly and Mo Bamba, but say what you want about George Niang, you lose a shooter, who's his replacement? So I just think that when I look at this one as a whole, sometimes less is more. But there's been more bad than good when it comes to the offseason of the 76ers, in my opinion. Yeah, it has been. And and I think a lot of it has to do with this James Harden situation. Sure. I mean, you yeah. know, because it's kind of like when we think about it now with the new collective bargaining and everything like that, you know, you, you talk about MB making a, a max salary, James Harden and Tobias Harris making close to a max salary. So when you have those three guys, you know, basically, you know, you you, you got to be like you, you got to get the rest of these players on a bargain now. And another thing is, let's just say, you know, you you basically want to get value for James. And, and they're saying that they want to get someone who's the equivalent of a, a, a star type player for for James, an all star type player. But at the same time, you you want to hold off until you get the right person. So you don't want to like get like assign or give up all your available roster spots until you know what you're going to get. But yeah, you are correct because this this offseason, until they and unless they do something big, they fell behind. Unless they do something big, they kind of fell behind. I mean, and and I, I still think that right now, looking at it, they're still the third best team in the East. That's what I was going but, to go next. Yeah. What? <laughs> the wind, how close they were to those two teams, it might be a little wider of a gap. But they're still number three. But I, I think it's a little bit of a wider gap because, let's face it, James is getting older. And these other teams are getting deeper. <laughs> you, you know what I mean? So – 
I, I still think they're number three, but the gap is wide. And I, I wanted to bring up Cleveland as another team that, that we didn't really mention as far as their offseason. You know, say what you want about them and how things uh, really went for them last year. But you add a shooter like George Niang, you bring in Max Struess from the Miami Heat. Two guys that at least can shoot around those uh, other players that they have, namely their backcourt, where they draw a lot of attention, Mitchell and Garland, where you add that. So maybe they're better from that. Miami just represented the Eastern Conference in the NBA Finals. They did lose two starters in Shrews and Gabe Vincent, but Miami just seems like they always find a way, right? So, so yeah, I agree with you. I think the Sixers are still right there in the top three. And if you want to stretch it and say the top four, just out of respect to Miami for what they just did, they are a top four team, but they lost a lot and they have a new coach. And maybe he's the big offseason pickup, right, Keith? Maybe he's the one. That's the, their big acquisition of the offseason. But for right now, things just have been underwhelming in, in a sense with how this offseason has. Yeah, and, 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 you know, the bad part about it is it's been so underwhelming, but like everybody expected because, of you know, Daryl Murray was in charge that they thought it was going to be a lot of fireworks. You know what I mean? Yeah. And look, season hasn't started yet. And this is the offseason as of right now. Things happen before training camp or during training camp where moves can be made. Maybe that's where James Harden's name will start to pick up even more. Injuries happen around the league where they might need a point guard, and then they do call the 76ers and offer something that maybe hasn't been available to Daryl Morey as of yet. We'll get there. But right now, underwhelming offseason for the 76ers. On the final one, on the other side, uh, a piece that has been added, which honestly doesn't do much for a lot of Sixer fans based on what we've seen out there on social media. Uh, Philippe Petrusev signed by the 76ers. He has an NBA standard, a standard NBA contract. So he is now a officially a roster spot on this team. They have one left. We'll break it all down. What it means. What do they have left as Petrusev is now in the mix with the 76ers. That's in the final segment here on this Locked On 76ers. Keith Pompey, Devon Givens here on Locked On 76ers. All right, Keith, uh, Philippe Petrusev officially signed with the Philadelphia 76ers. Last season, he spent uh, time and helping lead his team. I'm going to pronounce it as best as I can. Uh, Servina Vezda to Basketball League, uh, the Basketball League of Serbia title in 22-23. He averaged 12.5 points, 4.5 boards uh, with the 76ers in the Summer League. Uh, in Las Vegas, and he's just a solid big man, I guess, overall, man, that he played in 72 games uh, between the EuroLeague and 33 Liga ABA, five tournament play, uh, averaging 11 points, five boards while shooting 57%. I'm reading this from the press release. I helped lead the team to his 23rd Basketball League of Serbia title, the most in league history in EuroLeague play. He earned Week 17 MVP honors. Played at Gonzaga in college between 18 and 20, two seasons there. 
He was named 2019-20 Conference Player of the Year, West Coast Conference Player of the Year as a sophomore, averaging 17 and a half and eight boards while shooting 56% from the floor. Uh, seemed a little underwhelming as we use that. Maybe that's the word of the podcast, underwhelming. Uh, he was solid, but he, he didn't jump out at, at me or some of the people I've talked to on the phones on the station during the show about his overall level of play. Don't know where he fits in, but he does have an NBA standard contract. Uh, Keith, he's now in the mix. They have one roster spot left. What do you think of this signing? You always felt this was going to be a big part of it anyway. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like, you know, here's a guy who I look at it this way. You know, right now, like you said, they have 14 standard contracts, right? So what you can have is you you can you have to have – you have to limit it to 15 in the regular season in addition to the three two-ways. So right then and there, there's 18 guys, right? But so right now, the 76ers, although they can add, they only have one more spot available, they they have actually um, room for three more spots in regards just for a training camp deal, Right. So they can sign some other people, like three more people for for training camp. Now, I look at this guy right now, and his estimate salary for this season is $1.1 million, right? That's how much he's going to make. So I look at him as, again, if he's good enough, he's going to be someone who's going to make the team, and he'll make the team. But what they'll probably do to him is the same thing they did to Jaden Springer the last two years. He'll be the starting center on the G League team. But he'll he'll come up when need be. He'll start the season with the Sixers if he makes it. And then he'll um he'll basically go down to the G League and do developing. The thing about it is when you have a Euro guy, a draft and stash, and they're out of their contract with their European team, it's hard to keep them from at least coming to training camp. Because it's either one of those things is either you let me play and battle for a spot or you have to waive me because he can force himself to get a tryout. I look at it as worst case scenario. He comes out here. He doesn't play well. And then they say, hey, bro, like it's been real. You your wave. You go on and you try to see make it with another team. But also, if he does make the team, if they feel like he's still a project, then they'll say, look, we're going to assign you to this G League team most of the time, and you're going to get reps there. So to me, it was one of those things that you look at it and you say, yeah, I expected this to happen, but I don't expect him to be someone who's basically going to compete for a rotation spot. Like they have five centers where they have five standard centers standard roster centers he's the fifth one he's and azulis uh to azulis to bellis uh, signed, yeah. uh the, two -way, this one. <laughs> the, the third two-way contract azulis to bellis the uh arizona product signed a two-way contract immediately after not being drafted undrafted along with uh turk smith and ricky council the fourth uh, all three of those guys are now your two your three two-way players Azulis Tabellis is the other one. So as Keith just mentioned, spent a lot of time with the G League. So now then you have six centers 
uh, technically a part of the roster here now. And I don't know how this is all going to play out, but I'd imagine they have a plan, Keith, for for all these big men because you, you can't have them all on the floor uh, and, and trying to get some minutes. So we'll see. The competition will be heavy, I'd imagine, though, with the Philadelphia 76ers. Well, listen, man, this has been a fun one, an interesting one because of the now latest with Joel Embiid. We'll keep this going a little bit tomorrow on the uh, episode here as we focus on Embiid, the future with the team as well. We thank you for making Locked On 76 as your first listen. Again, every day or uh, tomorrow on the show, we'll get into a little bit more about Embiid, the future of this organization with him still here. Keith, do you mind letting the good folks know where they can find us? And they can find us wherever they get their podcasts at, and it's free and available. Um, you can also you, you can also uh, follow us on our YouTube channel, which is Locked On Seventy Sixers. Uh, Check us out on Twitter as well at Devon G nine seven five at Pompey on Sixers. Make sure you check out Keith at the Inquirer, Inquirer.com, and my work on The Fanatic this week, 6 to 10 uh, all week long, 7 to 10 on Thursday, but 6 to 10 all week long here on uh, on 97.5 The Fanatic. Keith, have a great one. Everybody else out there, we'll talk to you tomorrow. Thank you.